Okay. How do I sound? Do I sound okay? Uh, Andy, you sound great. Yeah, you sound great. I, Chris could be a little louder. Is this good? If I'm, do I just need to speak up a little bit? No, that's that's good. <laughs> I'll put some oomph into it. A little self conscious, but I'll do it. You guys. I really hope you overcompensate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna kick us off. So we do a little banter up top. I don't know if we did this in the past. I, the formatting may have changed, but we do a little, little just chit chat, and then I'll bring us in. Okay. And action. <laughs> hey, gents. Hello. What's up, guys? It's good to see you. It's good to be back. Uh, this is not Heather or Micah or Mercedes. I'm sitting here with Chris and Andy. There's some dads. This is going to be a dad's episode. And uh, hey, listener, I don't know if you know this, but Andy is our original sound engineer. He was the he's the one who made this podcast possible. And uh, we couldn't be more thankful. In the very, very, very beginning, this thing was just a baby and none other than Andy Lara right here. He kicked us off. He helped us get started. And um, it's good to see your face, Andy. And then I think, Chris, weren't you our like CFO early on? Is this true? Absolutely. Check my LinkedIn. It's on there. I think I spent <laughs> at least three weeks putting together a spreadsheet with some numbers on it. That qualifies me. I think so. And yeah. I... I was, I think I was doing some design for the, uh, for the podcast early on. You'll cut that stuff, right? I'll cut some <laughs> of the banter up top. Leave it in. Leave going. it in. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe you'll keep the, this. Maybe this is what the people raw, want. No edits. The girls get mad at me because I do leave in. <laughs> Enough of this. Let's shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. And as you've noticed... These are not the voices of Micah, Mercedes, and Heather, because today we're taking over. Today we celebrate Father's Day and with a conversation about connecting with our kids with Down syndrome. Friends, these are two amazing dads that I get to talk with today, and we're talking about the importance of meaningful connection with our kids with Down syndrome. We're going to be talking about developing relationships with our kiddos and so much more. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Friends, so we have a luckyfew.co shop and we finally did it. We launched, put it on a shirt. So those will be coming out more and more. There's one out there right now that says, I'm a really good mom, which I love. And uh, there's another one that says, uh, inclusion, we're taking it all the way. So if you head over to the luckyfew.co to get your narrative shifting gear, use code podcast and get 10% off. We are in the past, but talking into the future friends so enjoy that dynamic <laughs> which means tomorrow is my anniversary oh happy actually. anniversary let's do a little time capsule like what oh okay there you go so yeah so that's always an interesting father's day dynamic is uh sunflower's birthday is the beginning of june and then a couple weeks later we do father's day and our anniversary kind of all smashed together into a lovely coalesce of um, planning and experiences. So yeah, yeah. We're, I'm, I'm in the thick of it today, wherever you are and wherever <laughs> I am. 
<laughs> okay, so what are your plans for Father's Day? If you're listening to this two days after Father's Day? <laughs> I think so. We're speaking into the future what about the past. did you do? Is that the right way to ask it? <laughs> They're out. They're what out. will you have done? Um, you know, I we I haven't made plans yet. I usually we've already lost so many listeners, <laughs> guys. Golly, you know, I wish I could remember my father's days uh, that well. Um, it's usually a day off. I usually like to cook because I don't because I like to eat. So it's actually as long as I have full reign of things just to do it, and I've got the freedom to do it. That's really um, that's a home run. You know, so maybe I'll maybe I'll surf a little bit, but uh, um, that's probably all I got on deck. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on the receiving end of Andy's cooking and his uh, drinkology. Uh, that's actually a really good. I just realized, um, Andy, I'm coming to your house for Father's Day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris, how about you? Uh, uh, Andy, I'm with you on June. We've got birthday for me birthday for a son anniversary father's day all within like two plus weeks so uh father's day typically takes a little bit of a back seat but um i think my ideal it's a good mix right always a mix you've got some solid family time right kids give you the hugs maybe they say something nice to you uh but then you mix in some good food some good drink i want to go maybe for a run maybe do some reading um, some quiet time alone. Like I like to mix it in there um, and, and have a, yeah. a good blend of stuff. I like that. That's nice. I mean, now, now that I'm taking a chance to think about it, I don't know, maybe we'll go camping. I love camping. I love being outside and making food. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm trying to combine the two things that I could really land here. So yeah, we'll see. What about you, Josh? Well, like I said, you just tell me where you're going to be cooking. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're in that weird space between celebrating our fathers and my father, Heather's father, and then doing something for me. So it, it'll probably be a mix. Um, I love being in our backyard. And so we'll probably host uh, we'll probably host a pool party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Chris, you want to kick us off with a, a review from a listener? Yeah, would love to. Okay, this one is from Max0277, who says, this is everything a podcast about Down syndrome should be. Celebrating success, lamenting challenges, and honest representation of our most precious friends with Down syndrome. Thank you. All right, thank you, Max. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome. Thanks for that, Chris. And uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. Let's get started. What do we got? So I'll be honest, I, I did a little research on getting ready for this podcast and I was, I Googled like fatherhood and, and kids with disabilities and kids with down syndrome. And, and one of the things that I was reading that I thought, oh, that's interesting. Maybe we should touch on that is this idea of early intervention, information, perception, and support is critical to us being young fathers with young kids. And so I, it just was like, that makes sense now that we're looking back, but it made me think, what would you guys say to your, your, the early version of being a father? What would you say to your younger uh, person as a father? What would you say to yourself? And that's not starting lightly. Like you talked about 
Chris. Yeah, I like the light stuff up front, but um, <laughs> I'm going to pick on pick up on the thread of support, um, and specifically friendship. I think, and I think what I would tell my younger self is, early on in your friendships, get used to talking about what it's like, what mm. what your what your kiddos like, what's working, what's not, what are the joys, what are the hard things. Um, some friends are great at asking and some it's harder and and they don't know, they don't have the language maybe. Um, but I've found that when they, when they ask, it's amazing and it, and it opens up a new space between us and I absolutely love it. Um, but I would encourage my younger self to normalize that early, get used to it, like build that habit with friendships early. And what I'm talking about is not like super crazy deep stuff. I just mean saying like, yeah, it was hard when this happened because, you know, maybe I expected it to be different and just get in the habit of, of talking about it. Um, that would be my, my advice. I think, um, I've got some really great friends who, who I feel like I have those spaces with and it's super encouraging. I love that. Um, what about you? Yeah, I think like kind of an interesting way to go back on this. Like, now, I think thinking of myself, what I value now and what is kind of sustainable. Like, I mean, I think time with your kids, and this maybe even applies to, you know, a typical child too, but I think that, you know, time has kind of become the highest value, you know, of what, of anything, like making time in my life to be present, you know, to be available, to be a support, because it's, it's both supporting Mercedes and it's supporting, you know, the kids, right? And so... The thing is, is like what I what I kind of feel like I hear is there's probably a lot of you out there, too, that have got a full time gig. You know, the hours that you've got on the front end of the day and the back end of the day are, you know, they're 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 tough hours to just like transition out of whatever job you have and then like thrust yourself into engagement. And a lot of times, you know, early intervention opportunities and other things like that take place during those normal work hours. So it almost feels like impossible to participate in those things, even if you feel the desire or you feel the initiative to do so. And so I think the, the advice I'd, I'd, I'd say to myself and kind of like, and then like, kind of like for you guys is that, um, you do whatever it, it takes to, to find and hack your life to make more time. You know, if that means like ask the big questions about the yeah. job that you're in and like looking at the long term of like being available for your child and really try to figure out how can I make time the highest value and actually be or been just do everything you can to be around as much as you can to, you know, to, to be the best supporter that you can. Um, I would have told myself to go freelance sooner, you know, like I was I was chasing what felt mm. like a ladder for a particular interest. But I, I had the skills at the time to do what I do now. Um, I just don't think I had the courage and I don't think I had like the resources or kind of like the, the initiative or, um, the long view as much to kind of be like, if I do this now, I'll actually be an even a better kind of like earning value 10 years down the line than have I then starting that four years, five years later, yeah. um, and getting into that. And so, and then you learn, you learn those failures early too. And so you can correct faster, you know, and kind of like get, get even a little bit deeper quicker. And so if you're, you know, um, we adopted sunflower when I was 33, I'm 40 now. No, that's not right. I, I can't count 31. Um, you know, she'll be 10. So 30, good grief, 30. Okay. So I, I, I didn't want to go after an even number. I don't know why it just didn't seem right in my mind, but that's what it is. So yeah, I mean, 30, 
if I was, you know, 30 years old and that young, um, that those are good years, you know, to be courageous and bold. If you're in your early twenties, mid twenties, you know, you've, you've got even a bit more gusto than, than I even like had at that time. So, you know, there's so many resources and so many things out there now for figuring out what a life can look like for yourself from a career point of view that, um, it's, it, to me, it's the effort. You got to be valiant and bold and like carve yourself a space where you, you can actually add more time to your life. I would say do that early and, and do it fast. Yeah. No, I love that. I love both those. I mean, I can relate to both. I think it's hard to say what I would say to myself back then now because life has changed so, so much. And I have the freedom to work from home now. And I think I just remember coming home when Mason was a baby and Heather was home and we were fortunate that she could stay home uh, with Macy. And I would come home at the end of the day and, and they both are like, so done with each other, like here, take this baby. And Mason's like, dad's home, you know? And, and I, I think there, I underestimated what it took to do the therapies, to, to do the, the doctor's visits, to, um, to talk to the school, to get all the, all the stuff, all the support. Uh, I, I just underestimate it. I would say, uh, show up as much as you possibly can for Heather in the sense of understanding what she's holding and what what she has to do uh, to do the life differently with a kid who's different. And yeah, I think I, I, it was like such an easy gig to go to a nine to five, you know, and then come home. And, um, and so now fast forward, I, I'm so much more involved with, with therapies and with IEPs and with uh, so much more but I didn't know. And Heather's like, I did this for 10 years. Now you, you get to catch up and which I'll never catch up. Uh, and then I think the other thing I would just add to is the perception side is I would say to my younger self, no matter what your kid is worthy, no matter what your kid is a human being, no matter what their disability doesn't, doesn't negate the humanness of who they are. And, uh, that the, we, our kids, don't have, they have to overcome a perception as soon as they step out the door and that affects mom and dad. And that affects how, um, it, it, it affects what school you want to put your kid in, what group you want to put your kid in, what swim, what all those like younger year things. Um, I would say today, like we're advocating like crazy. And I would look back on, on them and say, um, they're not less than and and keep shouting their worth and i think we tend to hide behind maybe some of the walks or some of the little anecdote or little cute little things here and there uh in terms of support and and advocacy but it's like no advocate every single day and it's hard work it's going to be hard but just keep going and keep shouting their worth yeah that's great yeah so i mean we both we all talked a little bit about like ieps and therapies and and um just sort of the balance of, of the dad life and, and home life, work life, all of that. Let, give us a little snapshot into your homes and how you guys do it, how you balance it. And I would say some of this is, uh, is such a privileged thing to say, like, hey, we get to be in these spaces. And then there's guys out there right now who they're just not in a position to be, to show up as much. And that's a hard that's a hard thing on all of our families. And we recognize that. I just want to 
I just want to touch on that with you guys. How do you balance it all? And, and where do you show up and how do you show up? And what would you say to the guys out there who get, who, who are in those spaces? Um, yeah, I'll just kind of I start to, to riff on it. It, you know, it, it's, um, there's, there's no fast, easy answers, you know, to these things. I, I would definitely say like, it's, you're figuring it out one day at a time. Like the, our, our schedule's constantly changing, you know? So in our home, we homeschool our kids. Um, that's probably a big part of it. I mean, it is like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, uh, Josh, with the idea that like, um, I've been very fortunate and I've been granted a privilege to be able to work from home. And, and that came from a lot of hard choices. You know, it, it came from, like I expressed earlier, like I had to be really kind of courageous in some moments in my life to really decide, like, if I want this, this is going to take a lot of risk and a lot of yeah. like yeah. ways to get there. And so, um, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely now like in the life where I'm, I'm mm. working within those, those decisions, like, is, is every day fruitful and beautiful and blessed because of it? No, you know, it's just like, I'm, if anything, I'm just, I'm just now I'm just side by side with Mercedes experiencing it all the same way that she's experiencing it in a lot of ways. And granted, I still yeah. got to get in the office and put in time and hours and projects and get things done. And that's all, that's all part of the grind. Um, but at the same time, yeah. like part of it is also showing up to the things that you're, you might be doing with your other kids as well and, and finding, you know, how, your, um, your child with down syndrome, you know, participates in those things. Like, um, sunflower has, um, a great athletic ability and she, you know, we pushed her to get her into basketball on her brother's team this past season. She, we pushed her to play on the actual little league baseball team with her brother this season as well. And I'm assistant coaching on that baseball team. Right. And so it's like, I'm, I'm also choosing to play a role in that, but then being present and around when she's, when she's doing those things, our schedule yesterday ended at 9 PM by the time we're done with practices and random dinner times and all of that. Um, you know, the homeschooling aspect has allowed us to be able to keep, keep her involved in a lot of the things the other kids are being involved in and which, and because of the off random hours that those things take place, it requires my involvement in that kind of way. And so, um, it's really been a big open-mindedness of being flexible, um, reminding myself that these are choices I made to participate in, you know, it's, it, it can't, um, I, I, I empathize and sympathize yeah. with other dads yeah. out there who feel like they're, they don't get to make those choices and there are not many choices and there aren't many opportunities. Um, and all I can say is I hear that and that that's, that's, that's hard and, um, whatever it mm. takes to keep, you know, pressing forward so that those choices can be made or more opportunities are created. Like that's, that's a worthwhile effort and, and things change. Right. So it's a, it's a day-to-day -day thing, right? You know, it's, um, again, it's not, there's no quick answers. It's just you wake up every day. Now yeah. I've had to personally, here's adjustments I've had to make. Like I recently in the past three months have decided that yeah. I have to wake up at 5am every day, you know? And so that was like something I was not accustomed to. It was alarm clock and it's like, I'm up. And I got it. I got to get to it and figure out what works for me at, at those hours of the morning. For me right now, it's it's a little bit of work. I'm up and ready when the kids get up. And that was the big difference. Like getting pulled out of bed with all the kids was the worst part. Like it was just my mind wasn't ready. My body wasn't ready. Trying to hustle into the daily morning of everything was just was just the worst. And so it's like I realized like, you know, I'm not a morning person and I had to just become a person that wakes up early in the morning. I'm still not a morning person. It's just like it is something I had to put in place in order to just make things work. Right. And so, um, that was a, that was a big shift. Right. And that was, again, that's something I had to choose. It was a hard thing, but you know, I, I would say three months into this yeah. thing, it's, it's incredibly beneficial. And so that's one 
one solution to a big problem. But yeah, it's a little, a little bit of that. Mm, I I want to talk about maybe two angles. Yeah. Uh, one is yeah some of the the circumstances part that so, uh, some of which you can control, some of which you can't. Um, and the second more what I've what I've learned about what my own role needs to be um, and can be. Um, quickly on the circumstances part, I mean, our the way home life worked when we lived in San Francisco didn't work. And I think that was a, a big factor. Um, you know, an hour and a half each morning, three different drops off, drop-offs, Ace not really getting the support he needed, driving to different therapies mm. across town, parking illegally in San Francisco. Like, you know, that that is that is how a lot of people have to try and navigate. That's what people have to try and navigate. And that's really difficult. So just want to acknowledge that um, that can feel claustrophobic, can feel impossible um, and overwhelming. And I think we, we did feel that. And um, we were able to make a change. Um, and I think um, our life now is, is feels much more sustainable. We're grateful to the great property taxpayers of New Jersey um, for that. And not everybody has that opportunity uh, to, to change their circumstances. But if, if you can, uh, maybe a word of hope for those who, who do feel overwhelmed is sometimes circumstances can be changed um, and sometimes there is more support than yeah. you might know about. Um, so that's one part of it. And now, like I said, our life does feel way more sustainable. Um, the second is, I think, yeah, I'm very fortunate to currently be working from home and that gives a next level of flexibility. Um, I think what I have found in my work orbits and spheres is that people are incredibly mm. understanding. And I've, I've never, I mean, I work in the tech world and it's probably different in other worlds, but I've never had a situation where I, um, if I needed to say, listen, I've got, you know, a meeting, I've got, um, I've got to be there for ACE and um, present. I've never had an issue with that. Um, I don't think that's the way it is for everybody. Um, but if you have that opportunity to to be vocal and communicate um, with vulnerability, I've found it really um, responded to in a good way. Uh, the last thing I'll say on that is, um, I, I, you know, my wife is on a podcast. She leads a podcast about this stuff. So of course she is the leader in our home when it comes to advocating for ACE, for fighting for him, for making sure he gets what he needs. Um, at the same time, I think I have absolutely seen a, a range of opportunity for me to step up and not just accept that Mike is going to be the leader, but figure out how to support a support her in my own way. And maybe there's a range that starts at like, you know, an awareness and gratefulness and gets into participation and engagement and even to leadership. Right. And I think that's where I want to push myself is to not just be happy that Mike is so engaged and so good at this and not just be participating and there at the IEP meetings, but take off some of that, that emotional burden yeah. she carries to always be looking for new opportunities for him. One example he joined the little league team Come right on. as the bat boy and i i mean i think i i just my mind doesn't go there it's not constantly looking for those opportunities 
right? And she is, and I love that, and it's inspirational, but there's room there, right? She doesn't have to carry all of that just because I'm showing up at IEP meetings. Like, I don't, I don't get, like, a cool medal. I mean, maybe I should. It's Father's Day. I don't know. I'll get a brunch or something. But um, I think <laughs> opening up to uh, the possibility that there's more that we can do um, and not just being uh, satisfied with, with the role that we're playing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree like earlier what Andy was talking about, like you do it, you do whatever it takes. And I know that's true for you too, Chris and, and Micah and, and your family. And I, I think there was a point where I realized a nine to five is not going to work. It's just not going to work. And so it, it was also timing. I mean, Heather's career, there's like, there's a whole timeline here, but I think, that you do what it takes. You do what it takes to be, to create the best environment for, (laughs) for your family. And listen, we signed up for a crazy ride. I mean, we have two kids with Down syndrome, all three are adopted and uh, three kids total, but you know, and, and each kid has their own unique needs. And I, I think we realized if we're not going to be pliable and adaptable, um, this isn't, this isn't for us, this can't work. And so you, I mean, I, I'm not getting up at 5am yet, but I, I work all different hours to make it work. And, and I love, and, and, and Heather does too. And so I, I think we, we just try to go with the flow of our kids needs. And I think there's a narrative out there that a lot of dads, have a hard time with that. I think there is a, an idea of I'm going to go work. I'm going to do the nine to five and, um, mom's going to take care of, uh, the therapies and the, and, and all of that. And I think, um, it's just not going to work in our family. If it works for your family, I'm not putting that down at all. I'm just saying there's a, there's a, a space time continuum right now where we're both fully parenting and fully working. And that's how it works for us. And, and I think just the uh, the last thing I would say is just the um, we're constantly in our kitchen reevaluating the plan and reevaluating what's going on, checking in: is this working? Is this not working? And it's been a really hard year, and so we are constantly just saying, "Okay, well, let's try this. Let's try this. This isn't working. What about this?" And so I think I'm super grateful for. Uh, Heather, who can have hard conversations in the kitchen and make hard decisions and make sacrifices and, and adjust schedules. And Heather's not traveling as much and she's not speaking as much. And she's the, the business looks different. And, you know, our number one is taking care of the family. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just, um, keep having, keep that open dialogue. I would just encourage the guys out there to keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. I just want to tack on um, with what we're kind of saying, you know, in some ways, like if the resources were generally better everywhere, Mm. right? Like, I feel like we wouldn't we wouldn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. To make a lot of these decisions. Right. I mean, because that's the thing. It's like it's the the need to to feel like it, you know, I mean, it requires as much. it, It takes a village, as they say. And that's just that's just true. Right. But at the end of the day, also, too, it's like if in general, if obviously society wasn't 
you know, more supportive right. <laughs> and had other right. things in place. Right. I mean, it's just our, our, the moms that are invested into these things, you know, would, you know, have, have more available. Yeah. We'd all have more available yeah. to us, you know? And so it's like, that's the thing is like, I, it's, and the entire work industry is just generally changing. Right. That, I was going to say know? that. So too, it's yeah. like, that's, you know, and so it's like, it is and 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 family life and whole life experiences are just different than they used to be too. We inherited the idea that like a guy wakes up and goes to a nine to five every day. Like I grew up with the expectation, like, well, I got to figure out whatever I'm supposed to do. So I'll do that thing. I got to find what I love to do from nine to five. And it's just like, no one ever said, no, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I had a music career, so I, I found that myself and decided it didn't have to be that way. But as far as thinking of like, what mindset am I inheriting as a young person? And as a young male, it was the idea that like, eventually you have to find some job you're going to go to 40 hours, hours a week. And somehow that's going to work out. And I don't know, our generation has probably kind of realized like, oh, that's the thinking totally. of a previous generation and an era. And we we are not afforded the same opportunities. And, you know, we have potentially four to five career changes in our entire life just to make the thing happen, you know, which is unheard yeah. of, you know, to, to the previous generations. And so, you know, it's it's uh, it's completely fair to kind of question all of it. Like that's totally. kind of, you know, what I'm saying is like, yeah, question all of it, like figure out whatever you got to do, whatever conversations you got to have to just, just make it work, you know, for your family and your kids and yourself, you know, it's like, there's no, there's no solid roadmap here. And if that's just a, a release and freedom of creativity for the person wondering like, but isn't it supposed to be this way? Or isn't it supposed to be that way? It's like, no, question all of it. Like it's, it could all look different for you and, and wherever you're at. Totally. Totally. I feel like it's, I feel like it's kind of heavy. Like, I feel like the whole episode is like, oh, the dad episode, man, it like, can we, can we please talk about something a little bit lighter? Um, so <laughs> let's do that. Let's switch a little bit and, um, like give us a little insight into your home. Like how is it, uh, your relationship with Sonny versus the boys and Ace versus his brothers, just that idea of connection. How do you guys connect with them? Well, yeah. So like I shared before, like, um, I think like, I guess the funny thing is like, I've, I've had to, I've, I've started to discover this. I think at this particular age, watching my kids get into sports, like I grew up playing sports, but in my mindset, I never thought that like I was athletic or that like I would have a longstanding interest in sports. And I think I kind of realized I'm like, Oh no, I actually am like, a little bit athletic and I did do things that like, Oh, that say that I am like, I played hockey for years. I played baseball. I played soccer. Like I know these things well enough to coach them, to participate in them. And it's interesting now to watch my kids start to do those things. And that's created an interesting dynamic. And it's been, it's very much felt like I pushed, I pushed Mercedes cause we, we'd thrown Sonny into, um, you know, a couple sports leagues that were like, you know, designed around, you know, what a person with a, a different ability can do. And the thing is, is like, I'm watching her and I'm like, she's like the best player out here, you know? And it was just like, I'm like, I don't know why we're not just going to these other leagues and saying, Hey, she's, you know, at this age, why <laughs> couldn't she play? Is there, is there any, are there, is there any red tape here? Is there anything there? And there was none. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, there was none. It was just a matter of a few conversations and saying, no, we're involved. You know, it's like, I'll be out on the field with her, you know, and we're, and we're on the sidelines cheering these kids on too. And it. so 
that that I think that interesting connection that's a new thing of like me really feeling like hey i really want to get behind sunflower as becoming an athlete and growing as an athlete because it's it's clearly there and that's i'm finding a a new love i think for the sports i used to play and the things i used to do and it's like i'm feeling like oh all of my kids are involved in this and then i'm able to kind of push Mm. that energy towards her and and she's loving it because it's her own pacing of, of stimulation and doing things matches all of like her typical peers in the sports that they're doing. Like she's out, you know, kind of out stimulating and outperforming in these other spaces where it's like, it's, it's just, she, she just needs more, you know, and like she, the pacing, she just needs it. And that's been, um, you know, I think that's just been a, a new, it's a, it's both been growing in my own journey as a it. father with my kids, as much as it's been like, I'm finding this new thing I can really dive with, dive into with her and even just create like a longer vision for like, you know, what, what, what can be possible if we really support you in this way, who knows, you know, and it's like, and, and so I love that. So I think that that's just like linked up a new, a new conversation. Like she, but the thing, she hates me being out on the field. Like I can't like, yeah, she's like beat it. She doesn't want me watching her. If I'm trying to coach her and move her around, she's like, no. But then so it's it's come down to, <laughs> Dad, get out. you know, hey, I have to ask her other players to tell her or I have to ask the other coaches, hey, can you let her know? And so it's it's kind of that that kind of thing. But I <laughs> right. But I love being out there with her and, and, and seeing her and she just like lights up and shines and she's blessing others being out there. You know, they're everyone's cheering her on and watching her perform and do that. And um, I don't know, it just it, it really feels like that's just creating, you know, those kinds of connections that we all look for and hope for, you know, amongst and around our kids that that typical folks and adults and would really like see a different thing, you know, really kind of see a bit a different story being told. And so, yeah, it, it just feels like that's that's really becoming new and kind of immersive um, just with the the connection and relationship with the their their peers and the both the boys mm-hmm. and her. But that's probably the most on the nose uh, thing going on in our home right now. Hmm. Chris, what about you? That's cool, Andy. Um, moments of connection with Ace look very different. Um, you know, as as a nonverbal eight-year-old um, with autism, connection's a big theme because you crave it. And you know, with your typical kids, like you, you're, you, you get some of that, even if they're difficult kids in some ways, they look you in the eye, they tell you how they feel. And even when it's hard, like there's an understanding that passes there. And I think in some hard ways we feel starved for that connection with ACE, like where, so recently, um, maybe not recently, maybe several months ago, but he's still doing it. You know, he will put his hands on your eyes and your ears and your nose over and over again. And it's really sweet. And you say, you know, eyes, ears, nose, and he loves it and he smiles. And I just think for a kid who who struggles to connect, who struggles to communicate what's deep inside, um, that little moment of connection is really meaningful. And I feel like it's like water on dry ground. Um, so we welcome it and maybe maybe one way to think about it is that we'll just meet him wherever he is versus maybe our other kids where I, I feel like I, I feel like the burden of shaping them more of, of pushing them more, maybe of, Mm. uh, you know, is, is the thing they're doing actually something I value, right? Like, Mm -hmm. 
that doesn't sound familiar, right? But What's like, that? like, you know, um, <laughs> for Ace, it's like, okay, you want to jump on the trampoline. Let's do it. And I can be with you and feel happy with that. I'm going to make you yeah. pancakes out of eggs and peanut butter, which by the way, if we do like a lucky few podcast cookbook, that would be on there. I mean, super healthy pancakes taste great. Easy to make. Yeah. Uh, you know, those little moments it. of, of co-participating with him that builds routine, builds connection. It takes a lot of time. Um, and a lot of those moments strung together, I think for him to respond in the way that, that I long for, and maybe I get more easily with my other boys. Um, so those, those are a couple. Yeah. I love that. Meet them where they're at. Uh, yeah. It's so different. I mean, the, obviously they're so different. Um, right now, Augie, he's just, he's just, um, he's so physical in his affection and he, he wants to play on the trampoline. He wants, um, I've had this thing lately where every time he asked me to go play, uh, dodgeball on the, on the trampoline, I say yes every single time. And I don't want to say yes every time. And he's nine years old and I'm not going to be able to do that, uh, uh, many years down the road. And I just, what could be more important than making that connection? And I, and so he, you, I love just to tap into his passions. And right now it's like having a game of throw the, your stuffed animals as, as hard as you can at each other in, in his room. And, you know, and then just like simple, simple stuff, like, um, he'll say, my dad's the best. Cause he takes me to in and out. And it's like, I, okay. Like he just, it's just so important to him. And then with Mace, it's, it's, it's funny because she's 14. She wants to be in a room with her music on and she doesn't want anything to do with me most of the day. I'll open the door. Mason, it's time for dinner. No, dad, no slams the door. And it's like, okay. So, um, so for, for Mace, it's like dance and music and I can't dance. I can't dance. <laughs> And so, but I will, and I'll dance with her. And, uh, and then today she, she's at the top of the stairs and, and she goes, dad, give me a piggyback ride. And our stairs are small and she's a, she's a 14 year old. She's a big kid. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to pick her up. And so I like carefully lifted her up and brought her down. So those moments where Mason is showing that connectedness or wants to connect, um, I try to, I try to tap in without passing it by. So you guys, this has been so good. So good. I love it. I love it. Okay. So this is something that uh, the girls uh, would never do, but I, I thought, what if we had an opportunity to just each one of us say one quick superpower that our wives would never brag on themselves about? Ooh, I love that. Um, for Micah, it's, it's creativity in the sense that she is endlessly creative about how to find interesting, engaging ways to get Ace involved in, uh, involved with his peers, exposed to new things. Um, I've, I've already mentioned a couple things, but, but the bat boy example, like he's the bat boy, this is little league. Um, so that, but, um, 
you know, doing a birthday party where we invite all the kids from his class and they, they all come or her going into class to teach about what is Down syndrome and, and um, answer questions to make it more normal. She's just always looking for these ways to make the world more welcoming, more inclusive, um, more human for Ace and, and kids like him. And it's super inspiring. Not only does she have the ideas, she's amazing at following through with them um, and executing on these things. And uh, I just absolutely love it. I'm grateful that she is Ace's mom and that I get to be a part of that. So that's my brag. What about you, Andy? So, <laughs> so yeah, this, oh yeah. So Mercedes, yeah, she would never say this. Um, but this is, this is like what it, it makes her great because when it's necessary, it, it really says something about, you know, protection and, and oversight. But, um, you know, her ability to cast fear in other people, uh, is a pretty, uh, pretty strong superpower. I don't think she'd ever oh really, really get into, um, you know, she's not a generally confrontational person. None of you would ever realize this too. And, and, and no. but like, she is such a protector and a peacemaker that in a circumstance where others are fighting, she will jump in the middle of it and like try to stop it. Um, and then, of course, like there's been a number of times where she's had to step in because she saw, you know, a, a circumstance around our kids that either another person was perpetuating or causing or beginning to cause. And like she commands a room and commands an environment in a space and just doesn't let things pass. <laughs> and like and, and, and it's a, it's vocal. It is it is uh, it's challenging. And um but it's like this beautiful thing that she does not fear those moments. Like she is absolutely fearless and she is the most kind and laughing and lovely and light and enthusiastic person. And all of you know that and hear that. And she also will go toe to toe on some of the hardest things that you mm. could possibly imagine get involved in like circumstances that maybe some of us make, well, I'm not going to get involved in that. And she'll already be there like resolving it and like in people's faces. <laughs> and so it's like, that's, it's like, she's not, um, she doesn't delay on that kind of stuff. Um, and that that's, the, there's been times where it's been funny to watch happen because well, she shut down an entire in and out once because two guys were fighting, like started a fight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she came, she entered it. <laughs> And and cast her voice over this space, and the entire place went quiet. And then the other guy was like, "Well, he started it." Oh my gosh! I love <laughs> you know, it. and so it's like that is just you know, um, she's got that. She's got this thing, and it's it's primal, and it's necessary, and it's it's beautiful. And um, you know, I, I absolutely love her for it. Like, there's no question that um, I'm with someone who's looking to always try and do the right thing. Hmm. And so that's uh, you know, you can always count on her that you know she'll have that she'll have the foresight and and the response mechanism to do that i love it that's good that's good <laughs> oh man superpower for heather i think what she wouldn't say that i would love everyone to know is how what she's just a natural born teacher and she is which makes her a natural born le learner and the amount that she has learned over the course of the last, gosh, 14 and a half years of raising Macy and, and our other kids, 
and to watch her course correct and pivot and and pivot again and again and say i didn't get that right i i have some more to learn has been i think that's one of her superpowers is that she is a lifelong learner i think the what has taken me years to catch on i feel like i'm learning from her like this idea of both and that things can be really really hard and things can be really, really good at the same time. And Heather has not only experienced that and lived it, but she's taught that to me. And I, I'm really appreciative of that. Um, I think on the, just the fun practical side, the, the other two I would just come to mind is that if you come to our home, she can whip up a meal like no one's business out of nothing. And her, uh, her gift of hospitality is off the chart. And I think you guys can probably feel that through the podcast, but unfortunately, I, I wish we could have more people over to the house. I wish we could uh, entertain more. Um, but she is uh, hospitality through and through. So love you, babe. Yeah, that's all really great stuff. Like I love sharing good news about our about our wives, especially with all this, because so often the moms don't get it right. They don't they don't get the share. So if you're out there, dad's listening, find a minute to banner your wives today, you know, tell a friend, text a close friend, say, Hey man, I just want to say something about my wife and our kid. Just so I can tell somebody, I want to tell you my friend, maybe try that today. That's kind of fun, but there is some good news from you guys that you submitted. So we got to get to that. We got to share what you have going on with your kids. So, uh, first up, we have another piece of good news from our friend, that extra, extra mom. And she says, my kiddo is wrapping up her first season of gymnastics team and competing. Awesome. Uh, she has made so much progress being on the team, and I'm so proud of her. Uh, huge congrats to that. I wish I knew your kid's name so we could say say their name and shout their words. But that extra mom, that extra, extra mom, love that name. Um, yeah, well done. Keep doing it. Sweet. Yeah, I love it so much. Well, this has been fun. I hate that we only get to come on once a year, Andy uh, and Chris, but um, we got to wrap this thing up. I don't like just having just a connection on podcasts. We need to do this without. Let's do this with whiskey and 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 not recording. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to record it. We can just like do all this so it feels like what we're saying matters. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thanks, Josh Avis, for editing this podcast. That sounds weird to say. But no, a huge thanks to Ashley Fracalosi for producing it. She's our showrunner. She's our extraordinaire. Thank you, Ashley, for running the show over here. Uh, and if you like this podcast, please share it with friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe. Uh, what else? Oh, and check out the luckyfewpodcast.com for show notes and all the things we talked about today. And also make sure to follow us on social at the lucky few pod. And Hey listener, if you happen to be a dad listening, we see you, you're doing a good job. Happy father's day. Uh, can't wait to be together again. Thanks guys. Bye everybody. See you again next year. Bye. See you later. Bye. Okay. Oh, here I can mute him. Can I mute him? Ha, 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 ha.